Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Head coach of the Black Caps, Gary Stead, joins us now. Morning, Gary. How you doing? Yeah, good morning. Mate, a uh, bit of a tough uh, T20 series for you against the Aussies, particularly given how close we were in that first one. Uh, how, how are the troops feeling about now? Uh, look, I mean, we've got to regroup quickly for the, the test matches. Um, the, the T20 uh, team, yeah, it was disappointing. We didn't get over the line. Um there were there were lots of good signs at times through it, but um, we've come up a very against a very good Australian side, and and probably they've given us a few lessons in a couple of areas. Yeah, did you think uh, the the air out of the balloon was taken out after that first performance? Thought we'd done enough to get the job done, and then they just probably lacked uh, maybe a little bit of execution and, and confidence going into the second two last two remaining T twenties. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we we did enough to probably possibly win that first game but I mean it goes mm. down to the final ball and, and it's a it's a cracker of a match isn't it but um, the ground ground dimensions are quite different at Auckland and and they got away from us early um, we we fought back well in the second game but but the pitch wasn't sort of quite as free-flowing as, as perhaps what they made it look and and that's where we we fell short I think and the event uh, the injury to Devin Conway certainly hurt us and the way we were structuring our batting order. When you look at those performances, New Zealand has been outstanding in previous years in, in, the, in regards to fielding. Were you disappointed with the way that, that we fielded in those T20s? Has that been something that you've taken note of and, and put the boys on, on, on notice? Uh, well, yeah, we've certainly highlighted it, that it wasn't our best performance and, it, and more, more so just the catching. I think the ground fielding mm. itself hasn't been too bad. It's... Uh, but it was sort of un-New Zealand-like to drop those catches. I, I don't know really why that is the case, but um, we cer- we were certainly off in that area. Yeah, the old saying, steady catches were matches. Uh, I'm sure they'll take uh, a fair bit out of that. Uh, in regards to the casualty, Ward made not ideal, particularly heading into the second T20. Can you give us a wee update? Uh yeah, well, Rachin's had a, a little bit of a, um, something going on in his left knee, so it was more precautionary for him with the best matches coming up. Um, so he, he's he's tracking well for that. Dev, Devin's uh, obviously got that blow in the thumb in the, in the start mm. of the second T20 as well. Um, we'll catch up with him later today when we get to Wellington and, and see how he's progressing before that, that first test match, but we're still very hopeful that he will be right for it. Um, 
And, and then the other guys, Daryl Mitchell was was left out as well. Just he had that foot um, foot issue going on that we're still sort of dealing with. And but but he may be dealing with that for quite some time. But it's certainly improved in the time that he has had off, which is which is encouraging. Now, Gary, the uh, test team uh, test squad came out a little while ago, and there were uh, a few. Uh, Eyebrows raised, I guess you'd say, because at the end of that South African series, uh, we had Blair Tickner and Jacob Duffy in the extended squad, and they're not there this time, but Scott Kugeline has come in. Can you sort of tell us what you think Scott offers us that those guys don't? Yeah, well, the injury to Kyle Jamieson um, sort of meant that we were looking for someone who could bowl mm. good pace, but also potentially bat at number eight in the order, and, and that's, I guess, what Scott does. He, he's got three first-class hundreds, um, he certainly bowls at a good clip still, and, and that, that's the, the difference to, the I guess, the squad um, through Kyle Jamieson's injury. Are you able to, I thought Lockie Ferguson played extremely well in this uh, T20 series against Australia. He absolutely rattled them, and you know he's got a lot of consistency with his speed, his delivery, where he's putting the ball consistently. Is there an opportunity, and you'll know him better than most, that he could potentially become a test player? with the way that he dismantled Australia? I certainly agree with you there, Izzy. The way he bowled was fantastic. Um, mm. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're on a bit of a nice edge at times with Lockie and, and his body, mm. and that's why he didn't play the last game. He, he's had some um, reasonably significant mm. Achilles and calf problems in the last couple of months, so we're sort of still trying to manage that. Um, it would take Lockie, I think, to, to really be able to prove that resilience piece um, to be to be considered for yeah. Test cricket, um, otherwise it's a it's a massive risk to our own team. In terms of the the balance uh, of the team going into the Tests, uh, are, are you are you pretty happy with with where you're at? And I know that there's a little bit of a niggle around uh, Rachin's knee, but where do you think his best position is in the in the batting order? Well, we think in Test cricket at the moment it's in the middle order, um, mm. just simply because the the way that he, well, his free flowing nature um, gives him the opportunity to put, I guess, the acid back on the opposition at times as well, and you don't always get that as an opener, especially in in New Zealand conditions, which, if it is nipping round a wee bit, can be can be tough and probably makes him a little bit more vulnerable. So we we liked what we saw versus South Africa. Um, it's obviously another step up versus Australia, but but I'm sure he'll be looking forward to that challenge as well. Well, I liked what I saw with Willow Rourke, the big Cantabrian, bowling down and bowling some heat, particularly in that second uh, test against the Proteas. Does that make your job in terms of selection an easy one for Will? Uh, look, I mean, Will's got a huge future in the game. I think he's 21 or 22, maybe. He's very young. He, he's got all like, attributes that... You're actually born with height, and, and, and the ability to bounce the ball is, is something you can't just put on anyone. So um, that that makes him, uh, I think, a real standout in itself. But he he's developed very very quickly in his time in Canterbury, and um, look, I'm I'm sure he he will keep going to another level as well. Yeah, he was very impressive, uh, the big man. Okay, let's talk about Timmy Southey. Um Tim Southey in that T20. Are you happy with where his game's at at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, bowlers always want more wickets and, and, and I'm sure Tim wants that as well. But at the end of the day, uh, when you play a team like Australia, you, you have to bowl well in partnerships. And I think that's still what Tim does does well. And 
whilst he didn't necessarily pick up the spoils in the last Test match versus South Africa, I still thought that his consistency, his ability to bowl in partnerships was, was very good. What do you think um, Tim's role is now? I'm just looking at you know his recent figures and, for example, that series against South Africa, I think he took one wicket in four innings. So how, how do you see his role in the, in the bowling lineup? Look, I mean, he's still a leader of the the attack. He he's, he takes a new ball. He, he he bowled some very good spells. He was accurate. Just did not get the spoils at the end of the day. And sometimes that can happen in cricket. And look, let's hope he he, he bowls just as well in this this next series. And he, he might pick up a couple of five wicket bags. And that's that's the way the game can be. If we if we purely only look at the statistics all the time, then we'll be making changes. And that's that's certainly not something I think that's conducive to uh, to a. Uh, I guess, a team that, that trusts the, the way we're going about our game. You look at the squad that's going to go to Wellington today and uh, push a stake a claim to get back on the horse, mate. Is it an easy decision when you look at uh, the players that you have? Like, How do you approach plan at uh, the Basin Reserve, mate? What, what are the conditions going to put to you, do you expect? Well, that's something we'll have to look at when we get down there and, and train tomorrow. Um, the last couple of years at the Basin Reserve hasn't quite been as, as fast as and, and as quick as, as perhaps what it had a, a, sort of five or six years ago. So it may be that a, a spinner um, or a spinning all-rounder certainly comes much more into to play than what we might have originally thought. But we won't actually know that until we get down there. But I guess we've, we've traditionally gone in with four-pace bowlers. That's something we'll certainly have to review when we're down there. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, Gary. I mean, we saw um, with uh, Hamilton and the Mount against the South Africans. I think oh, I would imagine that we took more wickets with spin bowling than you expected that we would. Uh, does that is that just a change in conditions? And have you thought about having an out and out spinner uh, as part of the Test eleven in New Zealand again? Yeah, well, we do view that with Mitchell Satner. So I mean, his bowling has gone to another level, in my opinion, and and. Like the way he's bowling at the moment is fantastic and does a, has the ability to hold a, a team but also attack and take wickets as well. Um, I think you're right. The, the two pitches we played against South Africa definitely spun more than, um, than, than what we've seen in the past. And, and look, that's good because it'll keep bringing spinners into the game as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's been certainly going to be interesting to see how um, the basin plays, particularly if there's a bit of rain around. Uh, Gary, have you had a look at the forecast? Do you, do you know what you're expecting down there? I think there's uh, I think the first three or four days look good, and then then later on in the test match is looking a little bit more dodgy. But let's hope we're a week out from that still that that it's nice and clear, and we we get all the days in. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing that I, I was keen to ask you about, and we got a little bit, obviously, with having all the commentary here on, on SENZ throughout the summer, we get, we get plenty of texts through about the cricket, mate, and it was a few people uh, raising uh, concerns around um, Tom Blundell's form with the bat. I'm just looking back um, uh, over his last few innings. He, he hasn't had a decent score for probably five or six test matches. Are you comfortable with where he's at with and what he's delivering with the bat and, and what our options are outside of that? Yeah, look, I mean, Tom's our, our number one keeper and, and batsman in, in New Zealand, and uh, he, he had a wee bit of a, a hamstring niggle just prior to the test match, which probably meant he, he missed more cricket than what he would have hoped for. But, um, look, if you go back a, a short time, him and Daryl Mitchell have been outstanding in, the, in that 5-6 position, and we have a lot of faith in, in Tom and, and the way he goes about his game and, and believe he's he's good enough to put, um, I guess, pressure back on Australia. He, he plays pace bowling very well and 
scored that fantastic hundred a, um, a few years back now, but but at the MCG, which not many Kiwis have done. Mm, you speak of uh, yeah scoring hundreds. Let's talk something positive. Here. Kane Williamson. Kane Williamson, how impressive he was throughout that protest. <laughs> he only missed on one occasion. He had three centuries out of four opportunities, and he's on 32 test centuries. He's well and truly sitting atop on the throne, mate. How, you know, tell us a bit about Kane and his influence amongst this group. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's got an incredible influence, is, mm. um, not just as runs, but also as a leader and as, a, I guess, a, a talisman in the group as well. He, he's certainly up there with, I think, one of the best players in the world and I think his recent record and, and his ability to bounce back and be resilient from, from injury where he's had a number over the past 24 months or so is quite incredible. Um, so we certainly welcome Kane back into the into the fold as well. I think whenever he's not there, we you see how much we, we miss him and his skill sets and um, so so hopefully he has a, has a fantastic series ahead of him. What is it, can you tell us a little bit more detail, that, that he has the ability to really step up consistently and what could he, you know, rub off on a few of the other players in the group? Like, well, you got the first you got the first view, you know, close look at him and what he does. Yeah, he, he's got, a, he's got a, a desire to just keep getting better all the time and um, he, he's, I think he's relatively hard on himself when he's in the nets. He, he's, he's looking for just little gains that he can keep making, but he's also um, incredibly mentally strong as well. And and once he puts his mind to things and and says, right, here's my job, here's my role that I need to do, um, I think his ability stands out more than others in that space, and that's what makes him, I think, so great. Good stuff, Gary. Well, listen, mate, we wish you all the best going into this test series against Cheers, the Aussie. Uh, hopefully we are, you got some good news, and maybe the Aussies can lend you a physio and get some of these boys back on the park, eh? <laughs> yeah, let's hope so, guys. Uh, looking forward to it. Cheers, mate. Go well. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Gary. Stead there with us, uh, coach of the Black Caps. And yeah, it's interesting as he's got a, got a, f- a few things he needs to juggle. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but it always seems to be uh, we don't time it well. We always seem to have injuries when it comes up against the Aussies. You know, I mean, <sighs> how much more confident would you be if we had Kyle Jamison in there and if we, you know, didn't have these uh, question marks over guys like Daryl Mitchell and Rachin? Yeah. Kyle Jamison doesn't really rattle me as much as the other two. Russian and Devin Conway. Yeah, Conway found a bit of form in that T20, particularly the first inning. So that gives me a little bit of concern. But it's more the way that uh, we played these games. And, and look, Gary Steed's never going to come out and, and you know rip into his, his players, particularly from a senior point of view. But Tim Southey really needs a big test series. You know, he's our captain, he's our leader, and when you need some inspiration, you go to your leadership group and your senior players. So for Tim, Neil, it really needs to step up. Will O'Rourke, if he gets an opportunity, yep, he played against a fourth-string Proteas team and got some wickets. He'll get some confidence, match fitness, but he's going up against the best players in the world. So we're going to have to f- dig deep. Rick Dog, we're going to have to fight like no, nothing else. And, you know, there's a message coming through from Luke. Black Cap's just not good enough. I'll be blunt. We looked like a, a third-grade team compared to Australia. Crap fielding. Yep, we've already touched on that. Do they even practice catching under the lights? Batting was extremely poor with shot selection, very questionable. And to top it off, 
or they leave it out. They leave Ferguson out. Well, he covered that. You see, Ferguson was carrying a, a few niggles, and I think that's his only concern why he doesn't play test matches because you need to bowl for long periods of time, spells, and you take a break. You come back. You need to be ready. It's a stop-start nature of test cricket. That's the only question mark uh, with Lockie Ferguson, and it's left Luke questioning some decisions. Cheers, guys. Love the show. So appreciate your message. But yeah, uh, yeah concerns in, re- in regards to, to to fielding. It was atrocious. 